The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Academy Sports and Outdoors wants everyone to stay safe while doing more of what they love. So whether you're planning a fishing trip, heading to the driving range, prepping for your upcoming hunt, or firing up the grill before the big game, we have all the gear you need to enjoy more sports and outdoors. All at the prices that you're going to love. And with the curbside pickup available, it's never been easier to shop all our brands in-store and online at academy.com. Because whatever you love doing, Academy Sports and Outdoors is there to help you have more fun out there. Thanks so much for checking out Bulldogs by the numbers. Won't apologize for getting a big old win, 45-16, Georgia over South Carolina. I expect much of the same thing next week versus Vanderbilt. This will be two weeks in a row that we've played teams that have fired their head coach. Georgia did what they were expected to do. But I got to say, they did it in a little different fashion than I expected, Brent. What about you? Uh, I mean, obviously a complete 180 from the previous week where you had zero running game against Mississippi State, and it was JT Daniels' show through the air, and then the script was completely flipped this week against South Carolina. Are you surprised by that? Because I am a little bit. Uh, not really. There's a couple keys there. One, obviously, South Carolina has a depleted roster defensively. Three of the starters in the secondary have already opted out. And just in general, they had they had a lot of personnel issues and they haven't been good. The other part is you're going to take what a defense gives you. In JT Daniels' first start, Mississippi State said, hey, prove that you can throw the ball. We're going to man up. We're going to put seven, eight in a box. We're going to bring stunts all over the place in the running game and make you throw the ball. Well, he proved that he could do that. So this week, it was a little bit different. The running game was successful to the nth degree. And I got some numbers for that. But think about the first two drives of the game. The first two drives of the game, Daniels was 5 of 6 for 74 yards and a touchdown, including two explosive plays. One to Trey McKitty up the seam, where they fake a toss and then hit McKitty up the seam. And then another sort of jump ball, back shoulder type throw to Pickens on the second drive. So when you open the offense up early in the game and say, hey, we're going to throw it on you if you let us. Then that sort of loosens the defense up. The third drive, they run five straight times and get chunk plays in the running game to score. And then that fourth drive, if JT Daniels hits Burton in stride on the out and up that he missed him, where he was a little short on that pass, if that's a touchdown play, that's another 65 yards in in terms of passing performance. You're over 200 yards throwing. The story is kind of completely different. So before we get to those really good offensive running numbers. Let's go back. I want to stay with the, the passing just for a second because I feel like they went away from passing in that game and a lot of it left a lot of people scratching their heads like I thought this was what we wanted where the air raid. I don't know that I ever believe Kirby Smart was going to embrace air raid fully. Um, he's never going to give up and not run the ball ground and pound. But I felt like he did go away from it sooner than I expected. Am I missing something? What What is it that I didn't see that maybe smarter people than I did? There's, I think it's a multitude of factors. One is the success that you were having running the ball. So when you look at just success rate, and success rate is, hey, I gain X number of yards on first down, a certain number of yards on first down, I gain a certain number of yards on second down, I get the first down on, on a third down run, all that sort of thing. 
Georgia in the running game, the highest successful run rate versus a Power 5 team since 2015. The level of success they were having, and it was just Zamir White's first touchdown, uh, the 22-yard run he had, and then the right around 30-yard run that Cook had. They didn't get touched. The success in the running game, and now it's a, it's a game that quickly it got away from South Carolina. And I think once it got away, the guy across the sideline is somebody he played with and somebody he knows probably personally that you know it's different versus I get it. You know, any run-of-the-mill game in a way. And I think there's probably some element to that as I well. I get that. And that's the reason they didn't score on that last play of the game. Right. Because they didn't want to And I get that. But I just feel like you'd already seen that the run was successful. Why not allow JT Daniels to develop more rapport with his wide receivers? If he's the quarterback moving forward, which we all think he is and he should be, why wouldn't you allow him to continue that developing that rapport? That is the final step, I guess you could say, for Kirby as a head coach as much as anything is what you're talking about, an attack mode all the time attitude. I think he has that till the game is out of control. Once the game's out of control, that we've handled our business in this game. Now we sort of call off the dogs. Anyway, that's it's a good way of looking at it. It's calling off the dogs. But different teams and the teams that, you, that win the college football playoff games and put off a lot of points and all those things. But I think all of what you're talking about, though, is just a cultural, big picture. We attack nonstop, no matter the key is, no matter who's in the game. And no matter what the score is, we are going to continually attack. And they're just not there yet. Maybe they do get there eventually. Maybe they don't. It'll be interesting to see this week because I think you're going to be in a very similar situation. The following week, if you get the chance to play Missouri, that game now becomes just an interesting game. They're playing well. They really are. I don't think a lot of people notice or give them credit, but maybe they should. Yeah, I just don't understand it. I can't get in Kirby's head. I saw the run game as the attack, attack, attack. If you're already there and you're already blowing this team out, I just can't wrap my head around why you're not allowing JT Daniels to do what he does with those wide receivers and carry that experience and that rapport into the next season. So that's the thing that makes me scratch my head. I think if it were a game and the game was a little closer, possibly. You still obviously got a quarterback who is slowly in, you know, working his way back from a knee injury. You know, you don't want to put him in any more harm's way than you have to. You know, and you obviously played a lot of different linemen, linemen that haven't gotten a lot of snaps. Broderick Jones, five-star, you know, top 10 player, got his first snaps of the season this past weekend. So, you know, that last drive was complete run-focused drive. You know, and you took up 10 minutes of the clock on that drive and, and, yeah. and ended the game, essentially. So, you know, there's so many factors to that. But the biggest key for me was you attacked early in the passing game. First two, three drives in that, that fourth drive where you missed the throw to Burton. That drive ended in a punt because of the sack from Daniels, but you're still attacking in the passing game. To me, that opens up the success for the remaining part of the offense. Because there were those moments when you're like, wait a minute, JT Daniels is missing people. And I think that goes back to my original concern. Why are we not allowing him to develop more? And I, look, Kirby's much smarter than I. I'm not questioning him. I just want to understand it. I mean, he's... Still, I think he finished with right around a 76 grade in the game, 75.9 overall grade. He was good, and he made throws that he needed to. I mean, we saw the the throw to Arian Smith at the end. Finally got to see him. He's one player that I've been very much looking forward to seeing in this offense. Deep ball, perfectly placed, touchdown. I think he did what he had to do. The miss to Burton was the different. Obviously, the interception was a good throw and not necessarily what we would term as a turnover-worthy play. The more turnover-worthy play was the one on the goal line that the safety should have picked off over the middle. You know, he played solid. 
did what he had to do and hit the layups that Coach Monken gave him. And, you know, from there on out, then just the running game took over. And really more so, as much as it was the running game, the running backs. They were pretty dynamic. Cook, I mean, that guy didn't even have to wash his jersey after the game. He's, I mean, he was untouched <laughs> on a couple of his runs, especially the one for the touchdown. He just and he didn't even really have to cut. At all. Like it, wasn't really, it was more of a straight, okay, I'm going now I'm one little lean, and then I'm going straight ahead for the score. So let's get into some of that. Let's get into the, uh, the grades for some of those backs because I have to imagine that those are off the charts. And as good as they've almost ever been. Oh, wow. That's the interesting part. Because when you look at their team rushing grade, so that's combining of all the running backs, their team rushing grade was the second highest it's been in the history of PFF grading. So that goes back to 2014. The the better, the only higher grade a game from a team standpoint when you factor in all the backs and their rushing grade. And by the way, that's just focusing wholly in on the running backs, independent of the offensive line. The highest grade of game was the opener in 2014 against Clemson, where Gurley had a huge game and then Chubb had his run down the sideline where he beasted like three or four people. Outside of that game, this was the highest graded rushing grade from a team perspective that they've had in the last seven years. Each running back had a rushing grade over 77. The four of them combined to force uh, 14 missed tackles. It's the second highest number since Chubb, Michelle, DeAndre Swift, and Elijah Holyfield had 16 against Vandy in 2017. So the individual performance from the running backs, particularly Kenny McIntosh, by the way, he led the way with seven force missed tackles. The shiftiness, the the cuts, the vision that McIntosh showed, it was his highest grade of game of his career, and he showed out big time. They were so much fun to see, man. And then getting the Edwards kid involved, I love the fact that it took me a minute to realize which back was in. Obviously, when you see Zamir White, you know who it is. You see James Cook, you know who it is. When you get to McIntosh, and Edwards, it takes you a second to realize who's running the ball. Yeah, and you didn't even, and you still haven't, or you don't have Kendall Milton, who's nursing a knee injury and, and has looked really good in the time and the carries that he's gotten this season. So it's just like anything else with Georgia. You're going to have a stable of great backs. As long as you get average to above average quality offensive line play, you're going to have success. You should have some level of success in the running game, especially when your quarterback is a threat to hurt you with his arm. This is Bulldogs by the Numbers, Tug Cowart, along with Brent Rollins from PFF, as well as UGASports.com. What about the offensive line? Because I know they showed out too. This is, and look, I know it's a two win team that just fired their coach. Their defense is depleted. So it's hard to get really, really excited about any of this. But at the same time, it's fun to talk about Georgia having good numbers. Oh, very much so. When you think about the offensive line, you have Trey Hill, who played outstanding in the game. He was the highest rated interior lineman in all of the FBS this past weekend. I think he had an 88.4 overall grade. You got to see a lot of different faces along the offensive line. I think Ben Cleveland may have been the low, you know, he had a really good week and still had a great pass block grade, but overall was still one of the, he was the lowest graded lineman and, and still played well. When you think about offensive line play, it, it's such a unit based thing. It's not just one individual being great. And thus the important part of offensive line play that gets missed is it's so important to not have a minus. It, it's great to have the elite offensive lineman who you know grades out and is better than anybody else. But if you have someone who is a, replacement level player or playing very poorly on your offensive line, that person gets exploited. And that's what Georgia doesn't have. A weak link is basically the way of describing that, right? Yes, exactly. And almost being average above average everywhere is better than having two or three elite and a couple really weak links. Georgia is getting average to well above starter level play in every position at this point. And when you think about Daniels, guys coming off a knee issue to the point where he hasn't been able to play until recently, what do you want to do? You want to protect him. Well, they've run play action a decent amount, not as much as I would like, but a decent amount. 
And they're also protecting him. When you look at over the past two games, he's dropped back the past 59 times. He's only been pressured on eight of those 59 dropbacks. Now, granted, he's had five sacks. So when he gets pressured, he's not able to avoid it. And a couple, and by the way, the two sacks in this game against South Carolina, and this is another thing about offensive line play that gets missed often, is sacks as much as anything and pressure is a quarterback own thing. It's not necessarily as much an offensive line own thing. Quarterback has the ball. The quarterback can get rid of the ball. The quarterback can, you know, check down really quickly. And off and now with the way offense is designed with play action, with RPOs, with things that help offensive line play in general, more often than not, you as a quarterback, you control your pressure rate. And you're looking at some of the quarterbacks specifically in the NFL, people like Carson Wentz or people like Deshaun Watson, a lot of times they get pressured a lot, but they also hold on to the ball a little bit longer than a lot of other quarterbacks. So JT is doing a very good job of one, getting the ball out quick. Then two, also combining that with offensive line play. But this past weekend, the two sacks were on him. The first one, or another one where he, after the Burton miss, on third down after the Burton miss, you know, he's sitting there in a clean pocket, sitting there in a clean pocket, holds on the ball, holds on the ball, yeah. and then bails out toward the sideline, gets sacked. That's not on the offensive line. He's got to get rid of the ball or he's got to, you know, sort of step up into the pocket as opposed to uh, bailing it. So the offensive line play over these past two weeks has been great in terms of getting Daniels back into the groove and, and not having him severely under pressure. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. Any numbers there that we should be aware of? Because Georgia's defense obviously looked good, but again, and I hate to keep pointing it out, they're playing a two-win team that had just fired their coach. I think the comfort level was the biggest thing with this game. You could see a defense and a personnel as a whole, a defense as a whole, that was more comfortable in this game than they were last week. And it was something we talked about last week of how uncomfortable they looked, at least until the second half when they really got used to Mississippi State's offense. But Jermaine Johnson, Jalen Carter along the defensive line, Aziz Ojolari still making plays, Trayvon Walker making plays, Kobe Dean. Adam Anderson making plays when he's there, Lewis Seen at the safety position, had 12 tackles, no missed tackles. He has the highest tackling grade right now, and he comes to hit, and he comes to hit you. He doesn't come to just get you on the ground. He comes to <laughs> inflict some pain when, when he hits. He, he's a fun player <laughs> to watch, and when you think about their secondary, he's going to be possibly the most experienced player coming back next year if you have guys like Tyson Campbell, who got his first career interception, was very happy for him. Yeah, He's played a lot of great ball over the, over the past three years and been very solid in coverage, not elite, but very solid. Finally got his first career interception, but he's a junior who will be very much talked about from in the first and second round area because of his physical attributes and his quality play. Eric Stokes is a redshirt junior. McCown is a senior. You know, there's a lot of turnover possibly in the secondary for next year. And seen as a person who is going to be looked at to be that leader, I think, next year. Uh, Richard LeCount didn't play. Just speaking to some guys that didn't play. Jordan Davis, he dressed out, but hopefully he'll get back in and, uh, and get some snaps. And Mark Webb wasn't in there, too. Apparently, Kirby said in his presser today that uh, he was a little dinged up, could have played. You're right. I mean, it's good to be able to have guys that plug in and, and you not miss a beat. But it's easy to be comfortable when you feel like you're going into a, uh, a game where you can coast. And I don't know if that's an appropriate way to put it, but it kind of feels that way. Well, and I think when you look at college football, and this is more of a college football as a whole type thing, you're seeing so many just – effort issues, you're seeing all kinds of opt-outs, you're seeing yeah. a malaise, I think is the way of, of putting it across a lot of college football right now. You're not seeing that at Georgia. That's you're a good not point. seeing that at Alabama. You're not seeing that at Notre Dame. Now, granted, they are playing for much larger circumstances, but Georgia specifically, you know, the East is barring some miracle in, in Tennessee beats Florida and then LSU beats Florida and, you know, barring that miracle, the East is all but done. And Georgia is now just playing to finish out its schedule and then play in a bowl game. And you haven't seen opt-outs and you're seeing consistent effort 
and buy-in. And that, that's credit to the coaching staff. That's credit to the kids themselves. It's, it's fun to see a team that, you know, there was a lot of energy uh, in that game and a lot of good positive energy. Yeah, and I don't want to change the subject to South Carolina, but I will for just a second, just because of opt-outs, and they've, they've faced a lot of those. This is Bulldogs by the Numbers, Tug Coward, along with Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus, as well as UGASports.com. Sedarius Hutcherson, I couldn't help but want to applaud that kid. Did you see his interview when he talked about his mom and daddy didn't raise him to to bail out when things are getting yep. tough? I tweeted about it, at Tug Coward's where you can find me. You can find Brent at PFF underscore Brent. But I tweeted about it. I was such a fan of that kid. He was so well put together. And you can just tell that his mom and daddy are proud of him and they by God should be. Yeah. And that's and you think about like and we just mentioned it, but it's easy right now to just say, eh, I'm done. Like we talked about with opt outs. This is really the normal end of the regular season was this past weekend. And, you know, kids are, would start preparing for the draft and or taking time away and, and resetting. And they've been going at it you know, for the most part of them for a lot of them since July. So it, it's easy to kind of get away from the grind that is football. But it's a refreshing sight to see comments like that and teams like we see with Georgia that are not having those issues and are really, truly buying in and going all in to finish the schedule. Yeah, no, it's it's really remarkable. And that tells you what kind of relationship and what kind of leader Kirby Smart is to be able to keep his players focused. Yep. Something, you know, when you think about Nick Saban, what he keeps, he always preaches process, process. Everything's about the process. Every day, get better, get better every day. And I'm sure there's a lot of that from Kirby as well. And, and we've heard him speak that way as well. And, you know, when you do that and you think that way, you get the results that you're getting and you get kids that, that buy in and, and really believe and, and do those things the right way. So I was reading an article at UGASports.com, which you should subscribe if you don't, because I think it's really good what y'all do over there, about the possibility of guys coming back for their senior year that, that maybe we wouldn't have thought otherwise, like Demetrius Robertson. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. George is in a unique circumstance and I think there's going to be a lot where you could have a situation where a lot of those guys say hey let's make you know we got our guy at quarterback yeah let's go make one more run at it and you know sort of bring bring the game back but I could also see the other side where you have a lot of like to me I think Samir White and I think James Cook are both I think they're pro bound I think because of the position as much as anything those guys who are possible being a draft pick yes now, somebody like Demetrius Robertson, who maybe isn't necessarily on the on the NFL radar right now, maybe. I mean, that's it's it's an interesting world, and you, who knows what kids are going to do. But I think they're going to be more leave than you would think that would come back uh, in that situation. That makes sense to me. But D. Rob, though, I mean, it's not like he's showing up on anybody's NFL radar, is he? The best thing for somebody like him to me to do would be to go find a way into a camp get a tryout, get a practice squad type spot and just keep working and keep working and go show sort of a a different set of eyes what you think you can or what you're able to do. How do you foresee Georgia in the future when it comes to quarterbacks and wide receivers? I I don't know how they're perceived right now. Probably not at the top of the heap. Probably trending in the right direction. I mean, you've got Brock Vandergriff coming up and and he's a five-star and that's fantastic. He plays at a private school, so that makes me put a little asterisk by it. Maybe it shouldn't. So Brock, I've actually seen in person. The, The school's like 15 minutes down the street from me i think yes the competition week to week that's a legitimate question but from a physical standpoint and from a skill set standpoint zero question all right that's great news it's all there from a from a physical standpoint size arm strength you know mobility and the way he plays the game very much reminds me of joe burrow in the you know run over your defensive lineman i'm going to run over your linebacker i'm going to do whatever it takes 
from a physical standpoint and just that toughness and that kind of mentality in the play and the way he plays, that's how he reminds me. But when you look at your question on the whole, I think it actually sets up to the point where if you finish out the season the way I think you should, and then you go into spring and you set that mindset that we are going to be a constantly attacking team, especially with the weapons they have at the receiver position, it looks pretty good to me. I like Because it. now you have an accurate quarterback, and now you have a guy who you think you can win with at the quarterback position who should only get healthier, you know, as long as he doesn't have any setbacks with the knee, now has a full offseason to really work, strengthen, get back to sort of normal self. And then you look at the receiver room, George Pickens, Marcus Roseman Jackson, Jermaine Burton, Kyrus Jackson, Arian Smith, who, by the way, I think can be every bit of a Henry Ruggs type player for them. He's that fast. That room, all of a sudden now, you got playmakers everywhere. You got Darnell Washington, who, like, for over the last two games, I want to see him get involved in the passing game as much as I want to see anything. So I think you, you are setting yourself up to really make that leap and become one of those fear offenses that Elite. get playmakers in space and do consistently attack people through the air and then also wear you down on the ground a la Alabama right now. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. I think it's a great thing for Georgia fans to hear because I think there is some question marks. Just having lived and been a Georgia fan your whole life, you kind of get those question marks and you see them, so I'm glad to get that answer. How do you see the Dewan Mathis transfer playing out, and then what do you think about Carson Beck? Does he stay or does he go in the current climate? Uh, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't think that he goes after this year. That's for sure. But Dewan Dewan is someone who I, I'm very much from a talent standpoint a believer in in Dewan Mathis's ability. You know, he doesn't bow down to anyone from an ability standpoint. But you saw in the time that he did play that the quickness with which he processed the game, the decision making, some of the body language stuff I didn't like. He needs to go somewhere where he can just go play and learn and you know make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and just go play. He's going to go do that. You know, another year or two down the road we look at and he's having a very successful season you know as a threat running as well as throwing and being you know turning into a ball player wherever he but lands he's not ne- he's not necessarily here's not that place you're not gonna <laughs> have those opportunities to learn on the job you know, the sec and all that it's, it's just not you're not in that position as a program there's too much talent around the quarterback position to to have that you got to have somebody who can go in and, and compete and play well and to, and to me I think you could see a, a quarterback room next year that has JT Daniels, Stetson Bennett, Carson Beck, and Brock Randall Griffin. That's your quarterback room. Which sounds pretty darn good. That's a uh, that's a good little room to have, it seems. 
Well, you have experience back up with Stetson. You have, and then you have two relatively high, you know, one really highly recruited and one pretty highly recruited quarterback. And as well as JT Daniels, who has shown over the past two weeks that, hey, he can play some ball. This is Bulldogs by the numbers. My name is Tug Coward, along with Brent Rollins from PFF, as well as UGASports.com. Let's talk about some of the young guys that got in the game. Jalen Carter, Arian Smith, Broderick Jones. Uh, some of those young guys, give me some grades and some things that you noticed and uh, made note of during the game against South Carolina when they were in the game. Well, Jalen Carter is becoming, and fastly becoming, by the way, a force to be reckoned with along the defensive line. And over these last three games, he's gotten a lot more snaps now with Jordan Davis's injury. And he's now, over, the, even over the last two games, just making impact play after impact play along the defensive line. Another one is Zion Logue, redshirt freshman who only has played in the last three games. And that's the first snaps he's gotten in, in his career. And has really just showed a propensity to, to be a strong presence in the middle, make plays against South Carolina. He had four what we term stops. It's not necessarily a tackle, but it's a, ta- a, sol- a stop is a solo tackle where it results in a loss for the offense. Like if they only get one yard on first down that, and you solo have a solo tackle, that's a stop. He had four of those. In 21 plays, that's a pretty impressive rate of making those stops. So he he's another one to me that, that jumps off the tape. Also, Arian Smith and his one play. <laughs> I mean, when your one play is a touchdown yeah. and you show off the speed that everybody knows you have, he he gets me excited. As, a, as someone who calls and coaches offense, I get excited about what you can do with a player with that level. And like I said, I think he can be a Henry Ruggs type player uh, for, the, for the offense. The other one that I've wanted to see all season and finally got a chance to see was Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones is one of those players who he's a first off the bus kind of player where that guy just looks different and moves different. You know, tackles that are that size should not have that level of speed and agility and look like a tight end, but still play tackle. He actually had an 80.5 overall grade in, in, in the 13 snaps that he played this past weekend. Uh, against South Carolina and all those are obviously running snaps but still he looked like he's going to be someone who can be a player for them sooner rather than later it's a good spot to be if you're a George Bulldog fan that's a lot of uh positivity coming our way with good grades good play from young guys good play from the older guys and everybody's bought into Kirby Smart and what he's selling as we discussed with the lack of opt-outs in a season where you're really just playing for whatever bowl game and is to finish your season on an uptick. And that's uh, it says a lot about the team and the the players that they've recruited and what Kirby Smart is able to do with those players when he has them on campus. This is Bulldogs by the Numbers. My name is Tug Cowart, along with Brent Rollins. Wanted to uh, tell you to go to pff.com, subscribe there. For the first time ever, you can get the college grades and uh, you can subscribe there for $129 per year. Go to ugasports.com. And I noticed you guys are doing a, a big sale at ugasports.com. It's like $75 for new subscribers and you get $75 worth of free Nike gear. If you're looking for a good reason to subscribe, you're going to buy some Georgia Nike gear anyway. Might as well get the the throw in of incredible coverage of UGA Sports and the dogs at UGASports.com. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. 
An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility, and it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.